swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we investigate the truthfulness of movies, included in the IMDb Top 250 Movies of All Time. My name is Johannes. And I'm Raji. Today on this week before Christmas, <laughs> we're discussing another film on this illustrious list. A movie so twisty, it came with its Avengers-style warning at the end. Witness for the prosecution. Hey, 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 hey. Get that sleigh out of this room. Get that sleigh out of this room, Santa. <laughs> God damn it. All right, go on. Uh, who knew that you were recording in the storage shed? Uh, Witness for the Prosecution was directed by Billy Wilder and was released on December 17th. Hey, one day after my birthday. Uh, 1957, not after my birthday. It should be noted that the story was written by world-renowned author Agatha Christie. The movie was initially a stage play which premiered on 28th of September, 1953, my birthday. I think I can speak for... Um, <laughs> I can speak more about this in the discussion. I'm uh, I'm really old. I'm getting old, man. I'm looking <laughs> yeah. to the grave these days. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> the movie stars Charles Lofton, Tyrone Power, and Marlene Dietrich. Before we get into the story, could you take the stand and answer the question, what makes you happy? And do that with a pickle close to your nose. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what is up with the Christmas pickle in Americans? I don't get it. It's not a thing. I know it's, uh, it's said to be a German thing, but it's fake. Yeah. Like a German chocolate cake. Fake, um, but uh, German it's chocolate cake. cake is not real. Well, it's it's made. Well, it's the cake is real, but it's not German. It was made by the dude called German. So, oh. like the first the the first time I saw German's chocolate, it should be German's chocolate cake. Um, the first time I I saw a cake like that in the store, it was like, hey, look, German chocolate cake, and I saw the coconut on it. I was like, no way in hell, Germans on coconut. <laughs> challenging affair okay <laughs> but, so you trying to tell me that coconut doesn't grow natively in germany no lots of things are changing today lots of <laughs> things i just found out that santa was not real you know oh i thought he's so weird <laughs> he was right in my room he was right in my apartment trying to get his sleigh out and all of a sudden you're telling me it's not real and now germany cake is not real what a day what a day well, that makes my day, you know, <laughs> destroying uh, <laughs> people's worldviews. Okay. Right. Well, let's, uh, let's hear what ha- what makes you happy, because apparently you've destroyed my happiness today. <laughs> uh, what makes me happy? Uh, I will see a performance of Hedwig and the Angry Inch tonight, and I'm looking forward okay. to that. Oh, I don't know if you're familiar cool. with, with, with that. Um, th- there's a movie version. No, I'm not. The movie's great. Uh, movie's great, but uh, it's it's a stage performance as well, and uh, looking forward. As to As you know, that I is... don't do anything outside of the movie realm. I don't go to well, stage plays, movie. I don't do opera, I don't <laughs> do musicals. I only watch movies all day long. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm being sarcastic. German It's Christmas time, and uh, I'm looking forward to the gifts that I'm going to be getting. Uh, I have a feeling that my wife will surpass herself this year. 
Um, and she's going to get me something that I've always wanted, a house in California. So <laughs> I'm joking. I don't oh. think we can afford it. <laughs> I, was, I was happy for you. And then, you know, see, like it's a back and forth. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, witness for the prosecution now. Uh, oh, I, okay. I, I I have a lot to say about this film. Honestly, it's uh, it surprised me in many ways, um, and I'm really looking forward to giving this a conversation. So, okay. um, I don't know. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Okay, you're ready to go. Then let's let's hear synopsis first. All right. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Let's do the synopsis here, right? Witness for the Prosecution is a gripping courtroom drama directed by Billy Wilder and based on Agatha Christie's short story. The film centers on the trial of Leonard Vole, a man accused of murder and the legal strategies employed by both the defense and prosecution. The plot is filled with unexpected twists and a remarkable surprise ending, keeping the audience on the edge of their seats. With stellar performances, especially from Charles Lofton and Marlene Dietrich, the film expertly explores the complexities of justice and human nature. Witness for the Prosecution is a classic cinematic masterpiece known for its clever storytelling and remains a must-see for fans of suspenseful courtroom dramas. And we didn't spoil the ending. Because that, that's happening later I mean, in the show. Can we really talk about this movie without spoiling the ending? Well, synopsis will not have the spoiler. But we will, we will oh, spoil yeah. the ending. Okay, we have to. Because... I, I heard what they said at the end of it, and it's difficult to not talk about this movie. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, where... I'm going to um, go with heads. Heads. We're going to go with heads. Yeah. Let me flip. See how I'm rushing? I want to talk about yeah. this film, man. And you got heads. All right. I want to talk for this film. I am excited. I, yeah. I, I, uh, I'm excited about this movie. Um, okay. So I'm going to give you the stage. Can, your your excitement is palpable. Yeah, you, know. you can cajole it and try to dispel of my excitement. And the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. Your honor, witness for the prosecution is a two-hour ordeal where people are genuinely really, really angry at each other and very unfriendly for no apparent reason. Uh, the the main character is the super lawyer who's just unnecessarily bitchy to everybody around him uh, I, I guess fame does go to your head um, and he's paired off with uh, the accused somebody who supposedly has done a murder and uh, his maybe wife and uh, this triangular group of misfits, <laughs> more or less, um, brings us through through kind of a whodunit type of story, but not really because it's not necessarily the main focus, strangely enough, uh, because we get twisted back and forth like an M. Night film with oh no, she didn't do this, and she didn't do that, um, and new revelations, and then this happens, and who could have foreseen this? 
So at the core, like this murder mystery that is happening is kind of inconsequential. It doesn't really matter because it feels like what matters is subverting the expectations of the audience uh, with every turn and trying to figure out, like, how can we do another crazy twist that nobody will see coming? And I think that does not make an exciting movie. That's my main argument here. Okay. All right. it's, it's, so. it's basically like an like an M Night film, right? Where the story is kind of like eh, whatever, but you go in expecting like to be twisted left and right. And I think the focus here is on the twists and on the turns, and not on anything else, because the story kind of doesn't make a lot of sense if you think about it. Over to you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, I'm going to tell you this. I had never seen this movie before. My my wife had seen had seen it. She talked. She watched it. I I started off going, oh man. So the next movie we're going to review is another black and white film um, <laughs> from 1957. Um, witness for the prosecution. I said, oh, I've seen this film. I liked it a lot. Tell me what it's about. No, you've got to watch it yourself. It's like, okay, uh, I guess I'm going to watch it myself. So I start this movie, and we get introduced to this bumbling, uh, misogynistic barrister named Sir Wilfred Robert. And it was so <laughs> misogynistic from the very beginning. And very... But the thing about it is, the character was so compelling to watch. Charles Lofton played this character to a T. Have you you've seen many like anti-hero films where you love to hate the character? He played that to a T. I he made the movie very interesting from the very beginning, dismissive of everybody who was around him, but doing it in a very funny way. So the movie caught my attention at the very start, and I was surprised by that because it only took me 15 minutes to be caught up in the story. Then Tyrone Powers comes in um, and he expresses what the story is about. Very basic story about murder, a whodunit story. But what makes this film good are the characters. And when Malene Dietrich comes in, uh, Malina Dietrich, I should say, uh, comes into the story, she gives this cold, calculated playing of Christine Vaux. And the conversations, you know, I mean, Charles Lofton was doing many things that were super weird. The thing was the eyeglass, um, his eye reflected into Tyrone Power's face. All of those stuff's weird, hilarious, but weird. Um, but Melanie Dietrich comes in and she plays this character with a cold-hearted nature. And I was entranced. I wanted to know what would happen next. I, didn't, I couldn't finish it in one sitting. Uh, because we had a party. I woke up the next day. I finished this movie because I loved it so much. And by the end of this, I was totally enthralled by the story. I know you say you didn't like the story, but this story is dope. Um, and uh, I watched the... I, I started to ask myself, was it the characters that made me like this? The way the characters played? Or was it the story? So after I finished it, I watched another version of this from the 1970s. And I saw 
uh, a totally different interpretation of Sir Wilfred Bonard, uh, so, and oh, uh, sorry, Sir Wilfred Roberts, and I immediately fell more in love with the way Charles Lofton portrayed it, with all the craziness, the heart attack situation, the way he was handling all the stress, the ideas of going to the Bahamas, the shorts being displayed to him at every opportunity, injections, pills, all sorts of bullpockies bull, bull going on in this show. There's a lot to process. I love the way this movie was directed. I love the way this character was told. And I have to say, at the end of the film, I love the way Melina Dietrich um, plays plays the uh, Christine Vole. All her actions, it seemed... The movie seemed like it was it was messed up, but at the end, I loved it. Everything made sense, and I think that's one of the biggest thing I can give to this film. Agatha Christie, I guess she's a small unknown writer, did a great job at this. <laughs> so I think Agatha Christie is somebody who is remembered for her whodunits, right? But I think uh, what people don't necessarily know she also cranked out a lot of crap right people people now are like oh Agatha Christie is this revered to the point where we have like Haunting in Venice is a current movie right that's based on one of her stories that is actually not as good as the in in my opinion as the reimagination in Haunting in Venice but um yeah I mean the woman kind of knew how to write these mystery things but it, but it also kind of feels like a one trick pony type of deal um you say the strong suit of this are the characters and the characterizations uh i think they are so comical and so over the top that it's kind of hard to have it be very believable for me I think the the barrister is like at some point, you know, his blood pressure is what two two twenty over something else ridiculous. That's like, my dude, you you're pretty much like almost blowing up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yep. but he's just shrugging it off. It's like ah, uh, just stress, whatever, right? Uh, I'm a man, uh, go make me something, woman. Uh, like I said, it's super misogynistic. Uh, uh, I'm kind of surprised he was super into this uh, the chairlift. Uh, I would think that you know somebody with his kind of pride and his like attitude of like I don't care, you know I'm I'm um, would not be so on board with it. But it was kind of played for laughs, his up and down, up and down, up and down kind of thing. Um, so uh, he's he's such a weird character. He's he's played out to be the super brilliant. Uh, lawyer person but it's like I, I feel like everything that he does is so obvious like the questions that he has are so obvious and uh, and it's just kind of comical how how everyone is like oh he had this big revelation and he completely destroyed um the the prosecution here and it's like but they they couldn't figure out that that's going to happen because it's fairly obvious so 
I kind of feel like the that's that's a little tricky. And then um, another character that we have is like C three PO, his his kind of butler person, who who has like very mannerisms like C three PO, which I found funny, but it was just weird. Um, and then we have the nurse, who's completely powerless over him, which again makes me wonder. Like, couldn't they find, you know, like somebody else in her position probably at some point would have been like, okay, I cannot get through this person. Can somebody else take him on? Because it's like weird. Like he doesn't listen to me. He's going to kill himself. So, you know, you you say it's the strong suit of this. I think the more I think about the characters, the more I find weirdness. Um, I didn't trust the the um assumed murderer for a second because immediately i keyed off of him being kind of a, a con man um just the way he talked and it was very easy to to figure out okay this this dude is a con man he's lying um he tries to get in into whatever just to come out ahead and that was proven right that gut feeling so there was not a lot of mystery for me there and i think that's that's ultimately it's like um it lost a lot of the appeal because i saw through a lot of the mystique um and i guess the big big twist at the end there's like multiple things that are happening at the same time that are big twists um i still don't fully think it's like that believable that somebody would do that i guess so yeah, I'm 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 kind of challenged with this movie. Long story short. All right, let me. I'm, I'm gonna key off some of the points you've made. Um, I think the question about you know believable or not. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of exaggeration going in to this film. They had calcium tablets that they had to take two or three, sometimes even four. Just put it under your tongue. Um, <laughs> I think all of those stuffs are just exaggerations, and I think that. You can't take it seriously. I mean, the heart rate stuff was uh, terrible. Like, yo, you are literally in the middle of a heart attack right now. Um, <laughs> so I don't think this is a scenario where you can um, you can take it literally. The thing that made it interesting for me was he didn't care. It's like, oh, my God, you, you don't drink alcohol. I'm going to take alcohol with my pills, you know. Um, sir, you know, it's like the erratic nature of the character. You talked about the fact that all of a sudden he's very fascinated by the chair. And I thought that was endearing because, you know, all through this time, you know, he's talking about all the things he wouldn't do. But then all of a sudden he gets fascinated by the fact that you can sit on a chair and go up and down. Um, and they use that for laughs throughout the film. Like when he goes into his room and they said, you need to go to bed you need to lay down, you know, we've got the shots for you. And he goes, well, I can't do with this women. And he goes, then he sits down on the chair and he goes all down. I think that the movie is quite misogynistic, but, you know, maybe it's the perspective that Agatha Christie was going for, because even the misogyny was quite exaggerated. Um, and, you know, and I think the exaggeration is both a product of its time and a reason why I didn't find the um, misogyny to be 
to be real, I think that he does care for the nurse. I think he does care for the people around him. But he uses this flamboyancy to try to get away with it, to make it seem like he doesn't care. Um, because every single time he does something, he eventually listens to the nurse. Um, and I think it all pays off at the very end when he goes, uh, when she says, ah, don't forget your brandy. And he says, yeah. Uh, he puts his arm around her and they walk into the sunset. Patient and nurse. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I have to say, I did not find this story predictable, right? I I saw that the guy was a con man from the very beginning, but I equally thought that the wife had something to do with it. I believed for, for a minute that, you know, the wife, there's a twist because they, they, they underplayed the wife. I was like, Malina Dietrich is not going to be in this movie and she's just going to play a small role, just appearing once or twice in the film in short scenes uh, and uh, not play a more significant role. So I did know instantly that the man was a con man. So, but did I think he did it? No, I did not think he did it. Malina Dietrich comes into the story. I keyed off on her as the person who did it. And, you know, by the end of the film, after the second or third twist, I was like, okay, this got me because I wasn't expecting the story. So I wasn't like like in your position where you could already tell where the story was going. I didn't tell what the story was going. And I was, I enjoyed every bit of the roller coaster. I didn't think that I was going to enjoy a court drama. I mean, we watched a good, a few, uh, a good old, a few old, What's the name of the movie? Good old man in the courtroom dancing around. A few good men. Yeah. A few good men. Yeah. Um, we enjoy, I enjoyed that film because it was quite interesting. But that was a long time ago. And we haven't seen many court stories since then because court mm-hmm. stories don't generally do too well. Um, yeah. They can get boring. But this one didn't get boring. I, I really liked it. I guess I'm... My, I'm I'm hoping that my enthusiasm for this film would allow people to go. I'm trying to avoid talking about the twists at the end too, just in case people wanted to go catch this film. Um, I thought this movie was excellent. I enjoyed all the characters, the way they played it. I enjoyed how the story went, and I enjoyed it so much that I couldn't tell whether it was the characters of this movie or the story that made me like the story so much. So I rewatched it but a different version, a 1970s version. And I figured out that the characters that I watched in this 1957 version were so interesting. Um, And I loved them so much that I think this is the superior version. So I'm I'm all in. I'm all in for this film. I'm all in. Mm -hmm. I think it should be higher on our list. I think this is one of the reasons why I enjoy watching movies because you start going in skeptical and by the end of it, you are enthralled by the story. Um, I was in, totally enthralled by this film. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, even even the thing that happens in the end where they get uh, letters. Um, I, I keyed off of that the person that gives them the letters looked very strange like to the point where I was like is is 
is this a you know for the 50s like is this kind of a, a cross-dressing kind of situation because it looked like very the features looked you know and there was something off about the character and again i was like okay there's something happening here that is out of the norm um that is strange i i i didn't catch who it was right but um i i just keyed off of uh of like okay something is weird about this this character like this is not not this is not who's who's thinking you know who we think it is um or like we don't even know who this is but but there's something weird about this person um and like i said the con man like i i figured it out like super quickly and then it's like okay you cannot trust anything he says so if he says i didn't do it don't trust it don't believe it it's kind of likely since he's a con man that he saw the money right in the in this woman and it, it's likely that 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 went a little too far um the housekeeper seemed to be king off of that very quickly too <laughs> right and she the the dagger she gives him with looks is amazing great performance but it's also yeah like i said the 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 the, the lawyer mastermind uh and and the way he exposes the the housekeeper is just like okay you you couldn't really think about all of that and you you're like on the prosecution side and you probably talked to this witness before and you couldn't figure out that that's like one of the weaknesses here that seems very amateurish so like on a on a like functional level it all makes sense and it's all great i guess but it's if you think about it too much there's problems and that's all i'm saying but happy to to go into the sidebar to talk more all right sidebar christmas edition <laughs> <laughs> Overruled. Sidebar. Guilty. Speculation. Hearsay. Bailiff. Briefcase. Disregard. In my chamber. Stop Beaver on the witness. Arrest. We could totally be lawyers. <laughs> so yeah. First of all, I don't have a lot of negative things. I'm not going to say that this movie is perfect. One of the things that I'm going to say is that you can tell instantly that this movie was produced by on theater that the origins of this movie is in theater because there were many scenes where there was a lot of overacting. Um, the scene where the guy turned around in court, faces the back and he was crying, holding the pillar, pure overacting. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, if you didn't think this movie was based in theater, that was the moment you knew it was based in theater. Many periods where, you know, all the characters over-exaggerated their acting to, which made it seem unrealistic happened um but i still felt like the movie carried itself and i still think the characters were so interesting that irrespective of that i still enjoyed this movie to bits and could i watch this movie again yes despite the twists i think the story still holds and i think the story is still interesting enough that i could watch this movie again and still be surprised by what i enjoyed uh, and what i appreciated about it the first one I mean, I did. I literally watched the 1970s version of this film. And, yeah. So, anyway, I'm going to give you your chance to speak. <laughs> yeah, overacting. Yes, for sure. There are movies where when I watch them, in my mind, I, I try to create a stage version of them. 
I'm I guess I'm weird like that because like I yeah. I, I think there are stories that are very much prone to be put on stage. Um didn't have those thoughts with this movie for whatever reason but i know that you know like um stories like the mousetrap have been running in in london forever right and that's uh, agatha christie as well and it also comes with a similar disclaimer i think when you finish the show was like please don't spoil the ending um so i mean i technically this kind of spoiler warning kind of thing should apply to every movie right like it's yeah. it's kind of wild that this is a um like unique feature of this film that is even kind of uh, spelled out on the imdb page of like crazy credits or whatever it's like it's uh, it kind of makes sense like it's not happening for for the films like death on the nile anymore um or or like haunting in venice um so yeah, it's it's overacting, but but also with films of this time of this period, I wonder sometimes um, if if that's just the general acting style um, that was kind of customary of that time. Uh, I think we've gone through some kind of acting iteration where this overacting now looks super fake and not great. <laughs> Right. And, mm. and like other performances are more like performances now are rooted more in kind of realism I guess and if people deviate from that actors deviate from that then um, that's the impression is that they're not a good actor right and but for a long time and we've gone through a bunch of films from from like the 30s 40s 50s 60s um, the style of acting has been the style of acting, right? I always wonder where where that change kind of happened uh, from from mm-hmm. kind of a more um, projecting to the to the back rows to we can have performances that are small and intimate because we know we have a camera and microphone, <laughs> right? So it's like it's almost like that that awareness of we can capture the little details too is uh, like where, where that happened but i also feel like um of movies of that era we don't have a lot of these intimate framings it's it's more like general white shots and all kinds of stuff more establishing stuff um so just kind of as a film fan I'm, I'm, i still kind of wonder where that that change happened from an acting style um but yeah i mean this is the first time i've seen a malene dietrich film and I know she's been kind of this revered German uh, singer and actress and um, seemingly had affairs with everybody. <laughs> her her Wikipedia article is, is a trip. <laughs> and I read that before watching this movie too, and I was like, okay, so if if they wrote a little bit of, of her true self into the character, then maybe there's something there too and i felt like that was kind of proven right as well mm. but um yeah interesting interesting person i think the the little side quest uh, where they met in germany that, that felt a little over the top and comical as well um and kind of unbelievable but again he's kind of an un, unreliable unreliable narrator right he's a liar he's a con man so how much can you trust this person i don't know um, but overall, it, it, I, I enjoyed this movie. 
um, films from this time, like I said, have always, to me, have always this weird um, patina of, of overacting and kind of just that the classic like acting style. But it's fine. Like it's it's just something of that era, right? It, and that's kind of fascinating to see as a as a time capsule of like this was kind of the acting tradition of the time. Um, but I think we've we've gotten to more natural and better performances over the years. So yeah, I I, th- I think I sort of agree with you on that. But in in some senses, the act. I mean, geez, we've watched many. Um, was Charlie Chaplin films and we've we've shaken our head or she's shaken our head and like man this really sold in those days um <laughs> so I I don't I don't think I can disagree with you on your conversations about evolution things have to improve things have to change people have to embody characters um and I think you know we've moved away from those scenarios to the new scenarios that we currently have so I, I, I kind of agree with you on this. I think this is my second Malina Dietrich film. I think I watched uh, Foreign Affairs. Um, that was, uh, I think that was the name of the movie. Um, uh, a Foreign Affair, sorry. Um, and uh, she was equally good in that film. She was very good in that film. I didn't, I, now that you've mentioned her Wikipedia page, I have to go check it out. But I will say that when she came on screen, <laughs> she seemed like she controlled the scene and they gave her this aura of power that I truly appreciated. You know, it's like everybody in this movie, all the women are hysterical, every single woman. And I, I'm surprised Agatha Christie wrote this. I guess she's a misogynistic too, because all the women she wrote acted like a woman from the perspective of a man Oh, they're all hysterical at everything he says about the women. They all come to play, play, and it was very interesting to to watch. Um, I yeah. didn't, you know, it's it's quite surprising. Like she fell into the trap of writing misogynistic, uh, misogynized women. Um, but I still think the story is very is very well done. Um, I still think that you know. The character, the way he was played by uh, Charles Lofton, was um, was so well realized. Um, and I, like I said, I, I rewatched another version because I wanted to make sure that I, I wasn't just, you know, just liking this movie for the story, but for the characters too. And I can, I think, based on the interpretation of this film, you may or may not, you may find that the story is made better by the characters and how they're portrayed. So um, I, I I go in saying like, you know what? I didn't know what the story of this movie was and I, I was taking for a ride. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I thought it was too obvious that he did it. One of the things that watching a lot of films have put you in is the skepticism of easy solutions. So I watched this film going, there's no way he did it. It will be too obvious. Oh, she is cold-blooded. She is cold-blooded. She had to have done it. And I went in for the ride. I was totally taken in. Um, and, you know, my skepticism was used on me. And I totally appreciated it. Um, yeah. I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed the film. Yeah. If my enthusiasm has not sold it, 
Um, and I was totally not expecting to. Um, we've seen a lot of old films, some good, some bad, some out of place, like A Few Good Men, despite the fact that it was old, the movie is still timeless, the story is still timeless, you're in for the ride. Just like this one, you're in for the ride. And this one gives you a little bit more, a little bit more of the land. You get to, you don't have to spend the whole time in court. You get to experience the city in their homes and stuff like that. So it was quite good. I won't talk about the fact that I, the woman, you mentioned that a lot during your conversation. I didn't know it was Marlene Dietrich at all. Yeah. You know, you know, I saw the teeth and I thought she has to be English. Okay, I'm sorry. No letters. Uh, <laughs> no letters, please. Um, uh, but I, I really, I really loved. Um, I really loved the way. I didn't know it was her. I was literally. It happened. I went to my, in my head. I was like, I knew it. She's the cold-blooded killer. I knew it. And the uh, the way it played out at the very end, totally off guard, totally surprised. Um, and I mean, the only thing that cued me on was like, the guy kept going, uh, I don't want to spoil it. So I'll leave it, I'll leave it be. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good story. It was a good story. And I hope anybody who watches or listens to this podcast gives this movie a listen because I, we've tried to I've tried to we've tried to walk around what the yeah. twists and turns are and I think that you're going to enjoy this movie e- even if you've been able to piece it out together from our conversations I enjoyed this film and I think I would give it another watch yeah I mean what you were saying about Marlene Dietrich like she just has this aura around her, this this agency, right? And she like mm-hmm. that is fascinating to see. Like I said, but the first time I've seen the movie with hers, um, and like I said, like I was just like uh, you know about her personal life. I need to quote this because it was like she was a total babe apparently, right? Um, so she was she was in a relationship with Yul Brenner, and then her lovers included Errol Flynn, George Bernard Shaw, John F. Kennedy. Joe Kennedy, Michael Todd, Michael Wildling, John Wayne, Craig Douglas, and Frank Sinatra. Wow. It's like, that's amazing. That's like everybody of that time that was like famous in a way. Wow. It's amazing, right? Good for you. Good for you. Um, but she's also, she's also European and their views on sex is totally different <laughs> from... <laughs> from Americans. Americans are very conservative. Well, yeah, but uh, I mean, I I would say like this is still like out of the ordinary, even for a European person of that time too. Like that's, that's my point, right? Like of the time, like that, that's amazing. And that nobody was like, oh, but she was kind of put on that pedestal. Amazing. Fantastic. Um, like I said, good for her. But yeah, um, it, it's a great movie. I, now I'm kind of interested seeing that uh, 70s rendition of it. Um, but you say the, the this one is better than the 70s one? No, I don't think it was. This was better than the... this. The original was better than the 70s one, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's Okay. Good to know. Sorry, I was, I was reading about uh, Melina Dietrich's scandalous lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, now you've got me keyed in. She, she was scandalous. <laughs> for, she went to 
gay bars and drag balls in Weimar era Berlin and engaged yeah. with passionate affairs with men and women alike. She was ahead of her time. Loved it for her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Loved it for her. Awesome, right? Yeah. Uh, what an icon. <laughs> uh, again, like, that's amazing that that happened mm -hmm. in the 20s and then in the 50s, right? She's she's still this movie star and nobody is like, oh, a little problematic, this woman. No, she owned it, right? And it's, uh -huh. I love that for her. It's great. <laughs> Dietrich's Atlantic Crossing was spent preparing for her next film where she met von Sturberg and <laughs> the wife had to sue her for 600000 for alienating her from her husband's. <laughs> oh, man, this woman was powerful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Was she a spy of some sort? <laughs> I don't think so. But it, it, yeah, like I said. So uh, I need to learn more about her because now I'm... I'm uh, I am, I am falling in love with her now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um something else the world fell in love with. <laughs> it's the next movie on the list, uh Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Spider-Man into I... the Spider-Verse and I'm guessing you guys have picked up your PlayStation 5s with Spider-Man 2 in this uh this Christmas. Uh, and you guys are going to be opening it up, so enjoy that game. But yeah. I am. This movie is this year has been a lot about. We've seen a lot about Spider-Man this year, mm -hmm. and I think this is a a worthy precursor to understanding the whole multiverse of it. So I'm looking forward to talking <laughs> about it in the new years. Excellent, excellent. Uh, until then, though, where can people um, send us their wish lists for the next Christmas? Um, you can find it on the Excrement channel, X, um, on at Movie Mistrial. You can send us messages on Facebook and Instagram at Movie Mistrial. And if you do incline to send us a message by uh, mail, email, you can send it to us at contact at moviemistrial.com. And if you decide to send us um, a message by snail mail, you can send it to this address 9032 North Pole. Santa Claus. Um, enjoy Christmas, folks. <laughs> Have a wonderful one. See you on the other side. Bye. Bye.